The following programming is sponsored by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beasley Media Group. Positively Pro-Life, a podcast brought to you by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. Positively Pro-Life brings you inspirational stories, important legislative updates, and informative interviews as we restore and strengthen a culture of life. I'm Bonnie Finnerty, Education Director at the Federation, and I'm joined by my distinguished colleague, Maria Gallagher, our Legislative Director. Hello, Maria. Hello, Bonnie. It's great to be with you today. Always great to be with you. Now, I'm so excited about our guest who is back for an encore interview on Positively Pro-Life. Last week, we talked with our Lifetime Achievement Award recipient, Margie Becker. And this week, we are eager to talk with our Pro-Life Leadership Award recipient, Cecily Routman. Cecily founded the Jewish Pro-Life Federation, or foundation, in 2006 to promote life-saving solutions to unplanned pregnancies in the Jewish community. Cecily is a brave and dedicated leader who lovingly proclaims the truth of the sanctity of life, and we are so honored to have her with us today. In addition, Maria will talk about recent polls showing what Americans really think about legal protections for preborn children. But we'll begin with some pro-life inspiration, and this one comes from an article that Micaiah Bilger wrote for Life News this week. It's called, This Pro-Life Advocate is Persuading an Abortionist to Quit and Become Pro-Life. Here's how. For five years, pro-life advocate William Haig has been praying outside an abortion facility in Spain and greeting its abortionists with hopes that he will quit and become a Christian. Now, Haig said the abortionist appears to be slowly changing his mind. The man recently started showing pregnant mothers the ultrasounds of their unborn babies and encouraging women who are uncertain to seek help to seek help from the local pro-lifers. He is, quote, less of an atheist than before we met, end quote, Haig told Alatia in a new interview. According to the Catholic news outlet, Haig and the abortionist slowly have become friends over the years. They even go out to dinner together to discuss God and abortion. Haig, who participates in the 40 Days for Life campaign in Spain, said his pro-life outreach is not about winning or finding a sense of personal accomplishment. It's about showing love to others. Quote, loving abortionists is a spiritual checkmate, he told Alatia. We give up any personal or collective success just to seek the good of those people, even though later it will be, in fact, bringing much more good in the form of babies who will be saved from abortion. Years ago, Haig said he began by simply smiling and greeting the abortionists outside the abortion facility. And of course, he prayed. It's difficult to understand the mentality of abortionists, so we must go little by little without judging them and only with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he explained. The abortionist has aborted about 30,000 unborn babies in his 30-year career, Haig said. But as their friendship has progressed, Haig said he has reasons to hope that the man may convert and quit his life-destroying practice. Recently, he said the abortionist agreed to begin showing the ultrasound of the unborn baby to the pregnant mother, even though 
he says that for him, it means losing clients. After seeing the ultrasound, many of them change their mind, and he even calls us to help women with problems when they are doubting between having an abortion or going ahead with the pregnancy, Haig told Alatia. And the number of weeks at which he says life begins is getting lower and lower. The pro-life advocate expressed hope for his friend, pointing out how hundreds of others have also quit the abortion industry in the past decade. Some are even leading our local campaigns today, and your local abortionist could be the next abortionist to convert, he said. Haig said pro-life advocates often are wrongly portrayed as aggressive and crazy, all the more reason to strive to be loving and compassionate. His desire is to show families in need that pro-lifers are sincere and willing to help them through life's difficulties. Feeling rejected towards those who commit abortions and treat us badly is natural, but the supernatural thing to do is to look at them with love, he continued. That's what we're called to do. And for that, we need all the spiritual help we can get. Loving abortionists is the decisive step and the one we often lack in the pro-life struggle. Haig encouraged pro-lifers to begin by saying a friendly hello on the sidewalk, be willing to have open conversations, and maybe even invite an abortion worker for a drink or dinner. If you want to close an abortion center somewhere, the conversion of the abortionist is necessary, he said. Ending abortion and loving abortionists are actions that can only come from the Holy Spirit, and that is why we must ask him to help us choose to love the abortionist. That is when the Lord will grant us the fruits of our labor. Maria. Bonnie, thank you so very much. The following is from a lifenews.com article. A new national poll shows Americans want sensible limits on abortion and reject the view of Joe Biden and virtually all Democrats of legalizing abortions up to birth. American Principles Project and the Clapham Group released results from a poll of voters in six states with races for open Senate seats, covering topics such as paid family leave, child tax credit expansion, and abortion. When it comes to abortion, more than 75% of voters indicated support for abortion restrictions, compared to just 19% who supported the Democratic position of legal abortion in all circumstances up until the moment of birth. The survey conducted by Spry Strategies polled 1,329 registered voters in Alabama, North Carolina, Missouri, Ohio, Oklahoma, and Pennsylvania. The poll was conducted by IVR, Live Landline, and online mobile interviews from September 17th through the 20th, and has a margin of error of plus or minus 2.7 percentage points. John Schweppe, Policy Director at American Principles Project, emailed Life News on the results. Voters also overwhelmingly back a wide array of pro-family economic proposals with huge support, even among pro-life voters motivated by economic concerns. Republicans should bolster their pro-life messaging by signing on to common sense policies such as paid family leave, expanding the child tax credit, or ensuring that CHIP covers prenatal care. Abortion isn't going away as an election issue, no matter how much certain GOP strategists wish it would. But Republicans have the advantage if they're willing to fight. The only losing move is not to play. 
The poll confirms over a dozen recent polls showing Americans are pro-life. Bonnie. Thank you so much, Maria. Well, I am just honored and delighted to introduce today's guest. Cecily Routman is the president of the Jewish Pro-Life Foundation, which she founded in 2006 to promote life-saving solutions to unplanned pregnancy in the Jewish community. The foundation provides education about the development, viability, and sanctity of unborn life, as well as traditional Jewish law regarding abortion. In addition to providing adoption and pregnancy care referrals, they provide support to Jewish women and men who suffer after abortion. Unaffiliated with any Jewish denomination, political organization, or the Messianic movement, the foundation inspires Jews to welcome preborn Jewish children into the inclusive movement of modern Jewish life and religion. Cecily obtained her MSW from the University of Pittsburgh. She and her husband, Tom, live in the Pittsburgh area. The Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation will present Cecily with the Distinguished 2022 Pennsylvania Pro-Life Leadership Award at our banquet on October 21st. And we are so happy to have her here with us today. Welcome, Cecily. Oh, thank you so very much, Bonnie, for welcoming me. And I'm completely overwhelmed that the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation offered me the Leadership Award. I have to say that God leads. I just follow. <laughs> Cecily, what prompted you to become active in the pro-life movement? Well, the good Lord put it in my mind. Initially, the idea came to me at a place on my spiritual journey when I realized that my life had meaning and value because I was made in the image of God and was placed on this earth for a reason. I concluded that if this applied to me, it applied to everyone else. This realization made abortion unacceptable to me. In 2005, when I heard a Jewish woman on an NPR broadcast insisting that she had a religious right to a partial birth abortion, I felt strongly that a Jewish pro-life voice was needed in the public square and within the Jewish community to correct this dangerous and false perception of our faith tradition because it was convincing many Jews to destroy their own innocent children and promoting abortion beyond the Jewish community too. No Jewish pro-life organization existed then, and after much hesitation, I started the Jewish Pro-Life Foundation. How do you respond to those who say that the Jewish faith upholds the so-called right to abortion? Well, sadly, the ones who are saying that abortion is a Jewish value and a religious right are agnostic secularists within the majority Jewish establishment. I respond to them by pointing out the obvious, that this view is deliberate falsehood declared by abortion advocates and greedy opportunists with no religious authority and no understanding of Judaism as the original pro-life religion. We created a quick reference guide called Jewish Pro-Life Replies to Jewish Pro-Abortion Claims. If I have a minute, I'll just share some of the main points. While I tell them that abortion is prohibited in Judaism and judged to be the unwarranted taking of a life within a life, the Jewish values require we take actions that protect and save lives, not destroy life. Our traditions teach us to use our resources to help vulnerable women and children flourish, to actively rescue those who are targeted for death, to respect life as made in the image of the Creator, to promote family, community, and posterity. 
They might not know it, but if the life of an unborn baby is being mortally threatened, then it is mandated in Jewish law to save that baby's life and to break every Sabbath prohibition to do so. I also remind them about our legal code, which forbids direct involvement in the destruction of life or support of businesses that destroy life or engage in harmful activity. Therefore, Jews are forbidden to engage in or support abortion business practices, and we all know what those are, right? Torturing and dismembering unborn citizens without even giving them pain medication, delivering live babies for illegal organ harvesting, racially targeting minority populations, ignoring standard medical regulations, failing to report sex crimes or protecting victims of sex trafficking, and they harm women physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Now, in Jewish law, nobody has the right to kill anybody else. Killing is only justified in an extreme situation where killing an assailant is the only way to protect the right to life of the victim. Now, rabbinic law allows a rare exception to the prohibition against abortion to save the life of the mother. This legal permission to save the mother's life by taking the child's life was restricted to the grave imminent danger of a breech birth, and currently an exception to save the mother's life is reflected in every pro-life law because it's very pragmatic, right? Today, life-threatening situations during later-term pregnancy are rare, and they do not require an abortion. I tell them that instead of destroying this child barbarically in an abortion, the problem can be remedied by humanely removing the baby from the uterus. If viable, the baby's life can be saved by placement in a neonatal intensive care unit, and if not viable, the baby can be allowed to pass peacefully and a normal grieving process follows. This is much safer for the mother too and reflects the Jewish prohibition against shedding innocent blood. And lastly, I tell them that abortion was weaponized against Jews in the Holocaust in pursuit of the final solution. It's very, it's very complicated, but legal slaughter of subhuman parasites, as we were deemed then, codified systemic racism and genocide. This language and legal precedent provided sanction for systemic racism and genocide in current American abortion law. We must have 14th Amendment protections for unborn children in this country. Cecily, what are the latest projects of your organization? Well, we've been busy recently. Um, we sent educational packets to the National Right to Life Committee for distribution to state affiliates at their annual convention. This was to get information into the hands of pro-life activists who are debating Jewish abortion proponents in state legislators, like the ones who are suing for abortion access on religious grounds in the states of Kentucky, Florida, and Indiana. We just produced a video called Made in God's Image, A Jewish Defense of Human Life in the Womb, which features 13 rabbis and lay people talking about being Jewish and pro-life. I'm hoping to start monthly webinars, and in the near future, we plan to fundraise for our Israel Pro-Life Education Project. Israel society is made up of mostly secular Jews with a very liberal, liberal government that funds abortion on demand. The sanctuary state of Jews that appeared after the Holocaust in Europe excludes Jews in the womb. 
and we hope to start a grassroots movement to change that. Uh, could you talk to us a little bit about the tick? I'm not sure if I'm saying it the right way, Tikvot Rachel program and why it is so important. Yes, you said it correctly. <laughs> Tikvot Rachel is our healing program for Jewish women and men who suffer after abortion. It's based on the spiritual redemptive process called Teshuva. We offer it several times a year in our private Zoom room at no cost to participants. It's important because many Jews suffer from complex mental and emotional problems after abortion, and they need a safe place to go where they can share and be guided in a spiritual healing process. Now, do you remember where you were when you found out Roe versus Wade had been overturned? I do, Maria. Mm -hmm. I was in my home office working on one of our newsletters. <laughs> That's where you usually can find me. <laughs> I remember thinking, I remember thanking God for lifting this weight from our government and that many innocent lives would be saved. I wondered if America would soon be divided into life states and death states, similar to slave and free states in the past, and I wondered what the end result would be. Yeah, that's a very important question. Now, what progress do you see being made on the pro-life front? I see lots of progress being made because of ultrasound technology that confirms the baby's life in the womb. And also so many young people are joining the movement. And now that citizens have representation at the state level, abortion bans are being enacted despite the political posturing of abortion industry profiteers and compromised judges. A culture of life is gaining momentum and thank God for it. I pray for the day in America when legal murder of our most innocent citizens is recognized as a human rights catastrophe and as a nation we end it. Cecily, you're, you're in the Pittsburgh area. There's so many universities there, so many college students. If you could speak to a young Jewish woman who was considering abortion, what would you tell her? Well, there certainly are a lot of young Jewish um, women in the Pittsburgh area with all our universities. And I would tell her that no matter the pressure or approval she gets from friends and family to have an abortion, that the life of her child is precious, unique, and a gift from heaven. I tell her that many resources and help are available to help her in her pregnancy and afterward, that she could still be successful in her profession and have her child too. I'd remind her that our matriarchs, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, all cherished children and prayed to God to conceive, and they did. I'd help her understand that choosing life for her child preserves the continuity of the Jews, whereas destroying her child's life perpetuates the Holocaust of the Jews. Lastly, I would say to her that life is full of mystery and wonder and that Providence will provide every blessing she and her child need to prosper and thrive. Cecily, we probably have about uh, seven minutes left and, and I'm wondering, um, University of Pittsburgh is in your area. There's a lot of controversy surrounding the possible harvesting of aborted baby body parts. Can you tell us about that situation and what's being done to try to stop that from happening? Well, you might know that there was a panel convened last year uh, off campus 
and I was asked to participate in that panel. We had David Delayden with us. It was really a very inspiring but troubling discussion, and he talked a lot about his findings. It turns out that you know this has been very hidden from the um, university community, but it's been going on for years that they've been doing this research on these unborn children. Um, so my understanding right now is that very little is being done, unfortunately. They hired a bunch of lawyers who testified at um, a hearing that nothing was being done that was illegal. It was all somehow or another allowed under current law in terms of fetal research. So it's depressing to say the least. Also, I know that our Congressman Keith Rothfuss is very intensely motivated to try to get funding cut to the University of Pittsburgh from Harrisburg, and you might know a little more about that, mm -hmm. but that it's very difficult because there's so much political power and money that goes back and forth between Harrisburg and the university. And I, that, I think, that's my understanding at the moment. Yeah, and I think you've pointed out in the in the past, I mean, we have a, a terrible history in the world of experimentation on individuals without their consent. And, and this, this whole thing with the University of Pittsburgh, it just brings that back to the fore, and it's very troubling. Yes, but Maria, my understanding is that there's so much money now in fetal research because of all this uh, mRNA genetic uh, research that's being done and the millions of dollars now that are being funneled from the NIH into these universities. And so there's a whole like industry growing up around having to have these organs in order to develop these d medicines, <laughs> as they call them, you know. So there's a real a strong motivation to continue doing this and to expand it. And when it comes to um, permissions to do this kind of thing, it's just ignored. No. It's, it's it's very uh, difficult to understand, um, but um, thanks to you for at least shedding light on this situation and educating people about it, because that's the first step in order to address it, is that people need to be aware of the situation, and you do a fine job with that. Yeah. I'm wondering, too, if you're troubled by the fact that in Pennsylvania, we have a candidate for governor who talks a lot about his Jewish faith and how important it is for him. And yet he supports something like the Women's Health Protection Act, the so-called Women's Health Protection Act, which would wipe out pro-life protections in Pennsylvania and across the country. I know it's hard to understand how a Jewish man can be so inculcated with abortion mentality. But these people are raised with it. I think as soon as they can understand language, their mothers are telling them that abortion should be a religious right, and they have a right to it. So they grow up with it. It's generational now uh, in many Jewish cultures. Now they just believe it. And even though people call themselves Jewish, you know, you might know that Jewish means a lot of different things, and it doesn't necessarily mean they know anything about Judaism. 
people identify as Jewish because they're they have Jewish parents or because they might eat a certain way or live in a certain community, but it doesn't, they're just Jewish in name only, but it is very troubling. I'm deeply ashamed of the uh, candidate as well as our current governor, who was a Planned Parenthood volunteer escort earlier in his life. It just motivates me, Maria, to when I get up in the morning to work again at this uh, project that we started. I, I, I feel that no matter what the cost or how much time it takes or how many you know humbling errors I make, that is not important compared to the dangerous propaganda that continues to come out of the Jewish community. It's destroying hearts and minds and souls and lives, for sure. Cecily, the, the Jewish Pro-Life Foundation has an excellent website, um, and I, I love the motto or the slogan you have at the top, we're making the original pro-life religion pro-life again. Um, there's so many resources here. Is the, the movie that you talked about, Made in God's Image, is that available on your website? I put that on our homepage, yes. Great, great. Well, I would recommend that people definitely check out your website because there's so many good resources um, and you just keep adding to them. Do you have any projects in mind for the future, any goals, anything you're looking to, to do? Well, on the home front, I, I hope that we can expand our message and get it out to more markets. I would love to get out to the uh, West Coast somehow. <laughs> um, and then in Israel, as I said, we, we do want to start our educational grassroots project there. Um, but that, those are two big, two big agendas for, for the near future. And, and sensibly, I can remember when you first contacted us way back when. And here, I mean, you started not just a, a national organization, but it really has an international um, feel to it because you're reaching out to Israel and, and, and you are affecting things around the world. And, and to think that this started out in Pennsylvania uh, with this this woman. Um, it's just remarkable. And I just want to thank you so much for all that you're doing. And you are well deserving of that award that you're going to receive. Well, Maria, you are very kind. I, I remember very with with deep affection, my early connections with you and with Bryce, who yes. mentored and encouraged me. I don't think I could have started without his help and without coming to your uh, you know, lectures and programs and things. Really, I, it's mutual, really. I have yeah. um, great respect and admiration for what you people do at the Federation. Thank you so much, Cecily. We've been speaking with Cecily Routman, the president of the Jewish Pro-Life Foundation. Thank you so much, Cecily. You're welcome. And thank you, Maria and Bonnie, too. Thank you. Positively Pro-Life is made possible through the generous support of the members of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation all across the Commonwealth. Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation is the largest single-issue pro-life organization in the Keystone State, with more than 40 local county-based chapters. We shine a spotlight on the most vulnerable individuals, from the very dawn of life to the twilight of life. To learn more about the inspiring work of the Federation, please visit our website at paprolife.org. You can also find us on all major social media. My thanks to my affable co-host, Bonnie Finnerty, and for you, the listeners who inspire us each week. Thank you for joining us, 
And remember, there's always a reason to choose life.